For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. And we're headed into a new month and uh, lots to get into with our Leafs, as always. Um, in the NHL standings, right now we are fifth in the league. We're tied with um, with Pittsburgh, so it's not so bad there. But uh, And we're third in the division um, with 72 points right now. And we've basically used up all of our games in hand. So um, we do have a game in hand on Tampa. So, but we're, we've all played around 51, 52, 53 games. So yeah. So yeah, we're going to be paying attention to the standings quite a bit. And um, before we get into things, though, we just want to take a minute to send our thoughts and best wishes to Rodian Amiroff. Um, the Leafs prospect was diagnosed with a brain tumor, and uh, he's having treatment in Germany uh, right now. And um, yeah, it was really, it was really sad. But I loved the team mm-hmm. video that they did for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and I mean the. The kid seems to have a really good positive attitude, smart head on his shoulders. He's been, um, I guess, taking inspiration from players like Brian Boyle and um, Oscar Lindblom. Lindblom, I got to say that right, Um, from Philadelphia Flyers, who also have um, had cancer diagnosis. And uh, yeah, so it's it's good that he's... uh, he's taking uh, advice from them and, and, and how they've come back and like recovered and are, are all, are all playing well in the, in the league still, but he is, he's only 20 years old. That's really sad. Sort of like to have that condition. Yeah. That's, it's definitely tough, you know, considering this is when, you know, he's probably ready to make the step uh, to the, to, you know, the next level. Um, but the good news is, like you just said, he, yes, he is young, but on the plus side, he's young and he's an elite athlete. And um, I do find that, you know, the outcomes can be sometimes better for for kids like this that are performing at a high level because, mm-hmm. number one, they get every resource possible, you know, um, through, you know, the clubs, uh, like his KHL club and also the uh, MLSE um, so he's getting the best possible care, but the other thing is, is they can, they usually can bounce back from this better than the average person because they are so fit. So they can probably right. blast them more than, than, you know, a regular yeah. person. And, um, because that's part of what's so difficult with, with treating, you know, cancer is, um, is the, 
the treatment is is so hard on on the body, right? So, yeah. um, because their their bodies are are used to you know this type of physical stress, um, uh, hopefully he's going to bounce back just fine, and he'll be he'll be good to go uh, within another year, year and a half. I mean, look at like a, a guy like um, looking at the Olympics that Max Perot. Um, you know, what he came back from and won Olympic gold. I think that's another person that he, he mentioned, uh, you know, taking yeah, inspiration. He actually from. reached out to get his yeah. uh, contact or, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so that's, uh, that's really yeah. good. Yeah. So yes, we definitely wish him the very best and hope he makes a really uh, quick and full recovery. So, um, now, the trade deadline is uh, in a couple of weeks, and uh, Dubas got it going for, for the Leafs with a minor move acquiring D-man Ilya Labushkin and Ryan Dezingle from Arizona in exchange for Nick Ritchie and a draft pick in either 2023 or 2025. Now, Dezingle's already been picked up on uh, waivers and gone to San Jose. So overall, I think... Uh, is a small move, but a pretty significant move uh, based on, you know, how Labushkin plays the style of play and couldn't, couldn't have been more timely given what's happened with Muzzin. And as well, uh, basically it's, he costs the same as what it cost us to keep uh, Nick Ritchie in the AHL. Uh, So, (laughs) so that also is pretty good. So what did you think about that, that minor move? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's too bad. It just didn't, work out for Nick Ritchie Um, and he really didn't say much I don't think he's played a a game yet I think there's some paperwork there in Arizona but um, to do but Labushkin uh, he's 27 years old shut down defenseman guy that clears the front of the net (laughs) kind of guy that definitely sounds like we something that we could Mm -hmm. use Um, and yeah he played with Jacob Chikrin as well um, apparently and uh, so that's good. He was on their number one pairing, so he got quite a bit of uh, minutes. The only thing I guess they say is that his puck handling isn't that great, and mm-hmm. uh, we kind of, kind of got a glimpse of that. I think it was versus, um, I think it was versus Minnesota, but uh, there anyhow, could have been he, nerves there the, too. Yeah, and the puck was it was fumbling a little bit. It skipped over mm-hmm. him, anyways. But um, for me, it's mainly like he's a stay-at-home guy, and like you said with uh, with Muzzin, mm-hmm. that. Uh, injury that um, although I think they're going to be pairing him with Muzzin or thinking of it you never know that might still end up the case but yeah no I think it's a good move he seems to have fit in and um, he can talk to it's the two Ilias yeah (laughs) he can talk to uh, Ilya Mikheyev and Ilya Labushkin I think they have played together before So. so they do know each other um, yeah, but yeah, it's, I, I have already noticed him. I've kind of keyed in on him a little bit, you know, watching the games, uh, that he's been in and, and yeah, I've, I've noticed that he does, he definitely does clear the net. So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah I think we, as we the games go on, he's probably going to settle in that much more and, you know, get more and more comfortable with just playing his game. Cause I think that's all they really want from him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. So in our next show, we'll be getting giving more of our thoughts on the Leafs going into the trade deadline. It's still a few weeks, just over two weeks away, March 21st. Um, and also on our next, our next show will be our 50th episode. Um, so you won't want to miss that.
We're excited about mm-hmm. that. And we also want to point out a milestone moment that is coming up for Wayne Simmons. After the game versus the Red Wings on Saturday, he has played in 997 games and will be playing in his thousandth NHL game on Saturday night versus the Canucks. I That is actually a massive milestone. Um, when yes. you when oh, you look huge. at him, yeah, you know, so yeah. that's fantastic. And so this is also assuming that he plays in all the games this week. So, so congratulations to Simmer. Uh, yeah, congratulations. Yeah. So, yeah. and now we're going to get into the main part of our show. So, there's been some inconsistency in the Leafs play of late over the past couple of weeks. So, we're going to talk about it, starting with our segment, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Then we're going to run our LTL highlight reel. And in our third period segment, we're going to discuss the Canadian Women's Olympic Hockey Gold Medal. And with Black History Month just coming to a close, we're going to give some thoughts on diversity and inclusion in hockey. So without any further ado, let's talk Leafs. Good, the bad, the ugly. All right, let's get into some good. Well, there was a bit of good last night in the, uh, we're recording this on the Sunday um, after the Detroit game. There was a little bit of good and nervousness last night, but my good was for this past little couple of weeks, or yeah, past couple of weeks is Jason Spezza. So the reason why I chose Jason Spezza um, is the guy just wants to win. He's 38 years old. And he's making the league minimum salary, 750K. And in that game versus the Habs, which we will get to shortly, um, he actually, he was the one that stepped up saying like he did not like what was happening in that game. And he stepped up and I don't know if it was like a fight or if it was just like a skirmish against Nick Suzuki. But he actually said, you know, like enough is enough here. Like we need to like wake up and like get going Um, and because everybody in that game was horrible, basically. And I mean, he's done this versus Columbus. He did that in the play in the bubble. He did that versus, uh, like Dean Kukin was the name. I looked it up in game four of the playoffs and they won that game. And then he did it versus the Jets again this season. Um, when he got that stupid suspension, right. With Neil Pionk or whatever. And he's the guy that should have got the suspension kneeing, uh, Sandine. But it was Jason Spezza that stepped up. I mean, he's really shouldn't be the one at 38 years old and a veteran like that to do that. <laughs> but I'm impressed with that. Yeah. And I mean, I like the fact, too, he um, in the practice, he's just such a, I don't know, obviously, he's a likable guy and the the team loves him. But he's they had some fill in guys from the University of Toronto hockey during practice. They had a, and he's the guy that is always like spending the extra few minutes like on the ice with them and chatting him up and all that. And, and cause they're just a couple of young guys, I guess, from the U of T mm-hmm. hockey uh, system and, um, and they're helping out the Leafs in the practice and yeah. And he's just, just a regular guy. And then, uh, yeah, he's 11 points away from a thousand points. That's another mm-hmm. milestone that I'm, I'm hoping he, he gets to it this season, but I don't know. He could, he could, but uh, yeah, 
so he's my good for yeah. the last couple. Well, of weeks. definitely, I it's deserving. And like you said, he it's he shouldn't be the one and always the only one to step up in his in this way. But like you yeah. said, he really wants to win. And I think for him right now, it's all about the joy of the game, joy for the game, you know, and yes. uh, yeah. it's definitely like having a player coach, you know, with him out there. Because uh, yeah. like you said, yeah, you've said that before, he, you you hope he gets to be yeah, behind the bench once he retires. He, he here. deserves it. Yeah. He is. He's just such a good role model. Uh, for all of these guys on what it means to be a pro and how to handle the transition from being basically a, a star player to yeah. gracefully, uh, you know, come towards the end of your career and still contribute, you know, like there's a lot of guys yeah. that probably couldn't do what he's doing, but he Loves the game so much. And I think part of this is because he's like really a hockey nerd. You know, when you, when people ask him, you know, what do you watch in your, in your downtime? He's like, I watch hockey. Like he, he's, he's that guy. NHL network. (laughs) Yeah. So he loves the game so much and he will do anything to participate, but not just to hang on you know, as a player, but to really be able to contribute and he's willing to do whatever it takes. So definitely deserving of being um, your good. So my good is Austin Matthews. Like, what can you really, what more can we say about this guy? Uh, But I just think that, you know, he's, he's showing uh, basically the league and the world that he is basically uh, a beast out there and he has really come around and you know to form with not just his offense but his defensive play is incredible like he's he's really up there for takeaways in the league if not if not first and um that defensive play that he turned into offensive gold um was amazing when he for that that goal that he scored So, yeah, um, I mean, we mentioned it in in the last show, like you you can't like you have to be starting to talk about the heart trophy for him and the Selkie probably also and this. Yeah. And I I just don't understand. Like, it's all about this whole Toronto thing. Like, I don't think Leaf fans, I think as Leaf fans, we need to be talking about this more. We don't need to shut up because we're because everybody hates the Leafs sort of thing, right? Like we haven't had, we haven't had a Hart Trophy winner. I'll have to look it up, but I'm sure it's 67. 1967 was the last time. We actually did um, have one then? Because I'm not even sure one. we yes. have at all. Yeah, I have to, I have to look it up. That Maybe we haven't had one. I don't one. think so. But, but yeah, no. you're, you're totally right about that. Because if this were, say this was the New York Yankees and, you know, there's, Everybody yeah. would be talking about their their that that player, you know, and really pushing yeah. it. And and uh, I I think that I agree with you that you know when people push back when we you know you know tout our our guys, uh, we just need to to hold fast and just really stick with it because they deserve the recognition. Yeah. Yeah. No, the Hart Trophy winner in '67. I don't know what I read. I'll have to go back to it and and find it. But th- that was Stan Makita. Mm-hmm. 
who is also a, a great player. But not but, a um, But yeah, so <laughs> not a Leaf. No, I think you're right. I don't think anybody has won. Yeah, uh, I don't think so. A, a Leaf that has won. But uh, yeah, no, the that goal that you were saying, it was versus the Wild yeah. that he scored, yeah. uh, Matthews. Uh, it was Second his goal. Um, 30, mm-hmm. the th- 36 mm-hmm. goal, yeah. And that, but in that game, just some stats here, Versus the Wild, he scored his 35th and 36th goals, and that moved him into a tie with Wendell Clark and Lanny McDonald for fifth most in Leafs history. Mm-hmm. And he's the 12th player in NHL history with 30-plus goals and 60-plus points in each of his first six seasons. So, like, the guy, and if he scores 50 goals, which, I mean, I don't know, it's looking, <laughs> knock on wood, everything stays healthy and everything, like... 50 goals is a pretty big accomplishment. I didn't realize this until on uh, on one of the sports networks. They said 50 goals, only 91 players in NHL history have scored 50. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not a lot of players, if you think of it. In NHL history, 91. Like, that's some pretty exclusive company to be in if he he actually does it. Well, even Stamkos came out and said that he thinks that he's going to do it and that he'll he'll keep doing it, you know? And he's somebody who's done it. So, um, so that's kind of, it'll be pretty elite company once he gets to that point, which I think he will. Um, I mean, like he's since January 15th, so a little over a month, he, he's second for, for points in the league with 28 points in that time. So, you know, he's the, the NHL goal leader now with 37 and he's fourth in points with 68. Sorry to say he's now ahead of Naz. So, I mean, I'm not sorry, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're not. No, but well, when we come to cheering between a guy on our team right now and Naz, I'm obviously cheering for Matthew, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, Happy for Naz, but that's, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. All right. So, yes, we are gloating on Austin Matthews for a little bit, and we should. Mm-hmm. But now we're going to go on to the bad. That's right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so my bad is Jake Muzzin injury. Oh, my gosh. Um, like to have a concussion. I mean, they haven't really come out and said it from what I heard um, of the reports, but I'm pretty sure he has a concussion. Thankfully, he's doing okay, I guess, from what Sheldon Keefe has said. Um, he's feeling okay, but to have a concussion twice and only a like less than a couple of months, like that's pretty scary. And he's a leader on this team as much as everyone's been complaining about him and, and the pairing to this season. Like um, Jake Muzzin is an important part of this team leader in the room and he's won a cup, right. To have that experience. I mean, he does everything for the team. So um, yeah, like the last, I mean, you just have to look at the last two playoff series. As soon as he got injured in both of those series, we were basically done. Mm-hmm. After that, like it, it really um, affects our, the makeup of our team. And I'm just, I'm hoping he, like that he's okay to, he's now on LTIR. We know that. And I don't think from the sounds of it, they're not like um, Kyle Dubas and Leafs management isn't going to do the thing, the Nikita Kucherov thing where they take advantage of his, um, of his salary basically and keep him out for the rest of the regular season. It sounds as though they're going to just like try and add um, another four. Well, I'm hearing both a forward and defenseman if they can, but on defense that just uh, like a minor move, nothing like $5 million to replace Mm -hmm. 
muzzin during the regular season. Well, so, I mean, like at this yeah. point too, like the salaries are are a little bit prorated. So that's that's good. And the however long he's on it, there's still saving yeah. there, even if he doesn't go right till the end of the season. Right. Because I think even yeah. last year when when Freddie was off for as long as he was, they re, they they recoup money from that. So so they are kind of getting like some dollars back every day that he's on there, I guess. Yeah. Um. So so there's there's that the one bonus to it is that it's it's forced Keith to kind of play with the the pairings a little bit. And I think that's probably a good idea for him to do that right now to kind of see, um, you know, to give him an idea of some other ways that he can go, some other ways that he can adapt um, to see if any of the other pairings work. So um, I think it's going to be harder on Riley that way because it's he's going to have to be a little bit more defensive minded and not as free offensively playing with maybe a younger guy if he's going to be with uh Lilia Grin um you know going forward yeah. for a bit but um yeah but it's probably not not bad for them to be able to experiment this way a little bit yeah 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 no i i i just hope that uh when he comes back that He's ready to go because we'll need him in the playoffs. That's for sure. Yes. Like, well, um, I mean, I, obviously he hasn't been really right this whole season. So maybe he needs yeah. more time. And, you know, they should just give it to him. He's an older guy now. So it's it's not going to necessarily hurt him to have a little bit more, you know, downtime um, and maybe a bit more practice time and just kind of get himself back to where he wants to be in the playoffs and maybe then he'll be able to make the full run instead of getting hurt partway through. You know what I mean? So this is going to give him a little bit of a break that way. So it could be a good thing in the end. Um, Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely not great um, when when something like this happens for his, yeah, for his, his health obviously mm-hmm. he has a family and everything yeah. so you want to make sure he's okay um yeah. when it comes to head injuries it's bad but uh yeah so we're sending out the love to jake muzzin get well soon so that you're back uh back for us healthy and play that we we know that you uh you can play but what's your bad so my bad which i mean it's been an ongoing discussion and of course yeah. last time we talked about you know it not being a controversy but and of course, that's not what I'm talking about, but the goaltending over this last while has not been good. And while I don't think there's necessarily a controversy there, uh, it has to get better. Um, interestingly, uh, you know, their, their average over the season, neither of them are, are that horrible. Um, in fact, um, Campbell is like right at his his career average right now. So that just goes goes to show you though like how hot he was at the beginning of the season. So definitely I think they're going to have to really go with the tandem right now and they're just going to have to play who's playing well, you know, right now. So then just keep going back yeah, and forth because they don't know, you know, who's going to be able to to kind of get back to form, do you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I was kind of saying before we came on. Like I thought 
Mrazek played well in the game versus um, Minnesota, mm-hmm. right? And then, and I thought for sure that he'd play versus the Wings, like just because Jack Campbell hasn't played great the last few games that he's been in, and they've won those games, most of them, except for, yeah, they won most of the games with, with him in, in net. Uh, they lost in overtime to, uh, to Columbus. Um, but, um, yeah, I just, I just thought that he'd go with Mrazek, give Mrazek a little bit because Mrazek hasn't played a lot either. That's true. Right. Like he was injured most of the season. So why not give him a few games and, 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 in some ways, like have the competition, like the way they say, push Jack Campbell to want to be like to get his game back quicker mm-hmm. <laughs> the way he was before the whole COVID break happened. And um, yeah, I just thought he'd uh, Keith would go back to Morazic on the Saturday night versus the wings. He didn't. And that was just a whole <laughs> almost a debacle of a game. <laughs> totally. Um, I felt sorry for Morazic to have to come in there like, Keith said he's like basically probably thinking about going on the plane. I back know home. that's like that third period. Yeah, totally. That's I was gonna say that. Like that's why I think he let that first one in so quickly because I honestly like when you're sitting there on the bench and we've got seven <laughs> goals. Like as a as a backup, are you really <laughs> thinking that you're gonna get into this game? No, you're thinking about your snacks and what you're gonna do on the way home. One hundred percent. So yeah. yeah. Like yeah. he was not, and, in, um, but he did settle in, which was, which was good. I mean, he made yeah. it the bleeding, not as bad, but yeah, <laughs> it was not good yeah. for goaltending all around last night. That's for sure. Yeah. And the other thing, Marty Buron, I guess, uh, mentioned it, um, in a interview that he had during the week, like when you're going through a slump, like Jack Campbell is right now, uh, maybe not playing great. He's still getting wins, but just his positional play and that and just fine tuning the little mistakes that are happening in his game. Like it's better to practice. You don't, you don't fine tune things and play games like to do that. You have to do it in practice Mm -hmm. and spend that time. Right. So, um, that's from a a former goalie that, uh, giving his, uh, insight on it and it makes sense, right? Like you, I think that makes a lot of sense. And unfortunately the problem with that right now is the, the games are so close together. There's not a lot of practice time, you know, like, and during the time when they could, they were, they were off and had these breaks. Um, there wasn't a lot of practicing going on then they weren't utilizing the time for them because they were either sick with COVID or, um, they were on the break, right. The mandated break. So, um, yeah. So like, hopefully he can get some extra time in and, you know, I think this week they might have a little bit, well, not really like they've got the Monday and then the Wednesday, maybe they have a bit of time towards the end of the week where he could get some extra time in, but yeah, that's probably what he needs because, you know, when you're practicing, you're mentally focused in a different way than you are in a game. So you can just be focused on fine tuning or getting your head straight again, where it's hard to do in game, you know, to switch yeah. gears like that. And and his body language on some of those goals has not been good either. So and it's it worries me for sure to hear yeah. what Marner said, for example, after the game, you know, when people are asking. Yeah, that's the other to him. And he didn't want to say what he said, really, but just wants him to know that they believe in him as a player and he needs to believe that, too. So, yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing you worry about with Jack Campbell, that mental side of Mm -hmm. it uh, that he blames a lot or puts a lot on his 
mind or yeah. on himself. And it's a team game. You gotta, you just gotta stick with it and, and he'll be fine. You just need to, that's why we've said it before. It's a tandem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so Alicia is just for yeah. now, they really need to go with that and, and just give yeah. both guys their, the time that they need and, and see what shakes out. But also like, I don't know, like it, there's still potential for them making some sort of deal, which I guess we'll get into probably one of our next episodes, a little bit more about yeah. the deadline. But what, do you, what did you think about all of the the people talking about getting flurry, for example? Yeah, actually, I was going to mention it, but uh, one of our Facebook followers, Ron Ashley, who makes comments. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Ron Ashley, for uh, <laughs> following us on Facebook. And he actually mentioned this uh, fact of getting Marc-Andre Fleury. And I was like, I don't know. I, he go, like, he was mentioning like if the Leafs are going all in, like everyone is saying. But um, and I don't know if they have enough on on defense right now to actually like that. Mark Andre Fleury could come in and and take us to a Cup final because mm -hmm. basically that's what that's what all in is for me is going to a Cup final, right. and we haven't even gotten past the first round 100%. yet of the playoffs. So I don't know if that's such a good move right now. He to ain't do no that. spring chicken either. No. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. True. Yeah. I guess we'll see what Anyhow, happens. Anyhow, we got. Yeah, we got to get to the ugly yes. here. The ugly. <laughs> Both of it for us was that game versus the Habs. Uh, I'm pretty uh, sure all of our listeners will agree that that was just a disgraceful debacle. Uh, it's it's I not mean, you know in and of itself it wasn't horrible if you just look at the score or whatever but what oh no yeah it's it's just what the game meant probably more to us as fans because let's face it it's a game in february so in the bigger scheme of things yeah. how how big a game is that not that great right but but knowing what you're going into it just seemed like it was like being in a time warp and going right back to that series. Like that's, it looked exactly yeah. like that. And it felt like that too. And, and Keith said it before the game. Like if you cannot get up for a game like this. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I just don't what, understand. What, and then that's what made me worried thinking because they weren't, they didn't get up for it. I just, and I couldn't understand it either. How are they not motivated themselves to play that game after last season and knowing that the fan base like you said yeah. knowing that the fan base is when it comes to the Montreal Canadiens how much of a I guess a <laughs> hate I guess I don't know uh, for me it's hate I, don't, I just <laughs> I can't stand them and never have and never will mm -hmm. and like you got to get up for that game and they none of them none of them showed up basically like that game i don't know what it was and um i just i mean like you said thankfully it was a regular season game in february mm -hmm. that's the thankful part honestly of it. it's like they went into it thinking okay these guys are in last place this is this is not going to they i'm pretty sure they just didn't even imagine that it would turn out the same but you know what? They weren't yeah. that great last year heading into the playoffs. And then um, I'm talking about the Habs now. And they put together that string of wins. They fired their coach. Um, and then they basically rallied around that. So the same thing is basically happening right now, too. You know, like it's the same. Yeah. And yeah. The and one, one other thing, though, with the Leafs, yeah. they always, and this has been forever, they always play down to their opponents. 100%. Level, it seems. Mm -hmm. Right. And if... 
Montreal obviously is in last place in the league. I think they still are, but they they might be in second last now between them and Arizona. But um, but yeah, they always play down to the level. Why do that? Like you're so much better than them. Like even if they played at fifty or sixty percent, they 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 would have got the women win in that mm-hmm. uh, in that game. But yeah, no, they just didn't show up. At well, all. it's just like. Um my husband was pointing out that basically they're, they're cherry pickers, you know, like they somehow always ended up with a guy uh, behind our, like basically behind our D, you know, like how, how do you just let that happen? You know? So they basically had that one guy and then to get near the net, you couldn't because they had that, basically they collapsed down with their whole team. (laughs) So that just showed that we still are not finding ways to adapt to this because yeah. teams that don't have a lot of offensive juice, they're going to do whatever they can to beat you. And this is kind of what they do. So I don't yeah. know. It's just, yeah. it was just very frustrating. Anyhow, we will, uh, we won't go on about it and on. I think we, I think we, we, punished ourselves enough so but there was actually a positive from that game versus the Habs um surprisingly and it made our highlight reel so let's roll the ladies talking leaves highlight reel all right so in our third spot speaking of that we have Peter Morazic from that game versus the Habs he made a crazy glove save on Josh Anderson it was incredible the way he stretched post to post to make that save so that was definitely worthy worthy of our highlight reel yeah and i was just actually in with our ugly segment i was going to mention Josh Anderson and then i thought no i don't want to put his name in but then i forgot we actually put his name in here cuz i can't stand him yeah <laughs> so uh, i i, yeah, I don't no, like uh, was- cole caulfield either but uh, oh, well, you know what? My husband Josh has an interesting name for him. I don't know if he made this up or he found it somewhere else, but he calls him Cold Cauliflower. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. All right. Okay. So that was that was good with Peter Morazic there. Congratulations to him making it number three. Number two on our highlight reel, of course, is Austin Matthews, the game-winning goal versus the Wild, which was his 36th goal of the season. Um, he doesn't get the puck in the corner, but he chases it down the Wild player, and he takes the puck away and then goes in with Marner and gets the pass back for the goal. How do you like that for a highlight reel comment? Oh, it was crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, not but, your yeah, not your comment, was... but the goal. No. <laughs> But the goal was crazy, yeah. yeah. And I actually found the the reference to 67 while we were discussing it. I found it. It's 1955 was the last time the Leafs, um, Ted Kennedy oh, won okay. the Hart Trophy. Mm-hmm. And that's 67 years ago. So that might so that be the one the and only time then. Yes, but 67. What's the year that happened in 67? Mm-hmm. Last time, obviously, of what happened. That's right. The Leafs won the cup in 67. So you never so know. <laughs> it could be an omen. But um, yeah, yeah. But uh, in 67 years, you never know. So yeah. So Austin, I mean, like you said, also Steven Stamkos, I read that article too. And he said the thing about Matthews that I found interesting that he said was that he can Scoring goals is hard to do right. in the NHL. And he said, like, you have to have so many ways to do it. So, and like 
Stamkos said, you can he can do it from distance. He does it with tips. He does it off the rush, cycling, like one. And you need obviously, yeah. And you need um, good playmakers. Obviously, he has Marner with him and our Scarborough boy Michael Bunting um, with him doing a good job. But Marner obviously is his main um, his main guy to to set him up. So um, yeah, so he's number two on our Austin Matthews on our highlight reel. Hmm. So now our number one is Morgan Riley versus the Penguins. Riley went end to end to score a beautiful goal and it was on the power play and the Pens thought it was just going to be a usual drop pass on the breakout. And Riley fooled them all and just took it himself all the way with a shot off the post and in. And it was beautiful. So good on him. Yeah, I, yeah, I was, uh, to me, it just reminded me of the way Boris Elming used to do that. That's right. Um, going end to end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, a, it was a beautiful goal. I mean, shout out for last night's game versus the Wings, obviously. Uh, Mitch Marner had the four goals, six-point mm-hmm. night. That um, would have definitely and, been deserved. Yeah. So we'll just make that, that honorable yes. mention. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also Michael Bunting had a five-point night. Yeah. That, that line um, was um, amazing last night. Like, that... Uh, that that line is one of the best right now in the NHL. For sure. I'd say. Yeah. And like their chemistry humming. is crazy. And I actually loved on that assist that Bunting made on uh, Marner's fourth goal. Like oh, yeah. Marner was he like so Marner. excited about that and happy for <laughs> yeah. him for that incredible yeah, to assist. Do that. Like, he appreciated that more than scoring the goal himself, almost. It's yeah. like it's hilarious. Yeah. So uh, it's yeah, good. They definitely the have incredible that- chemistry. Yeah, but the skill that Morgan Riley has and the skating ability in that play that he that he did going end to end like that and then scoring like not many defensemen can do that. 100%. And um and yeah, so he's our he's our number one for the highlight reel mm-hmm. this week. So those were all definitely fantastic moments for the Leafs. And now we're going to go on to talk about another great Canadian moment in our segment, the third period. Yeah. So um, for the third period, it's been a, it's a couple of weeks now since the Canadian women's hockey team won gold. Um, It was a great game and um, it was the most watched event of the Beijing games in Canada. That was quite impressive. The gold medal game got, 2.7 2.7 million viewers in Canada. So that was, uh, that was really cool. But, um, yeah, I have to say I didn't stay up to watch it. I fell asleep halfway. I was like, I wanted to stay. I was on the couch anyways, when I, I was still there, uh, at the end, but, um, yeah, I was, I, I was going in and out. <laughs> Me too. I was trying my hardest. Yes. I was going in and out. Um, yeah. so I yeah, don't remember. But it was really amazing. Yeah. It was really amazing what the women, uh, team what the women's team accomplished considering like all the adversity that they went through Mm -hmm. just with the world championships from last year I mean they don't play a lot when you think of it and just the commitment they have and um I guess and then they had to play in a bubble and then they were wearing in December they were wearing masks at practices um because they had a couple of COVID cases and yeah, it was just, uh, it was, it's just unbelievable what they went through and then to finally pull it through um, and uh, to get the gold medal. Sarah Nurse, that's the, that's the player that you said you had a t-shirt, yes. right? Yep. Her t-shirt, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I was yeah, thinking I'm pretty of proud when of her I was looking at this. her 18 points and she's plus yeah. 19 to boot. 
which is pretty incredible. Yeah. I mean, they were, they dominated from start to finish. This is probably, I mean, not probably, this is definitely the best Canadian women's team that has ever graced the ice. I think, um, you know, even despite, you know, some of the stars that we've had in the past, but um, yeah, they were incredible. Um, you know, yes. just the, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, just like, you know, Sarah Nurse, obviously point her out. Um, Marie Philippe Poulin, she also had 17 points plus nine. Uh, but even on, on D, you know, Claire Thompson uh, had 13 points and was a plus 23. That is incredible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 No. And it's, it was, a, I thought it was a great story too, how the team apparently lasts uh, for the summer Olympics. Like they watched the Canadian mm -hmm. women's soccer team. Yeah. They watched it together and, and saw them win gold. And that was just like, for them, that was just a more motivation, even like to see that sort of thing, right. The, to, to get it from their team. And um, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Marie Philippe Poulin with the game winning goal as always captain yeah. clutch. And um yeah, I think we, they were asking if they were going to do anything for the team, mm -hmm. like some sort of celebration thing, but um, I don't know. I think they should personally, because it's, uh, like you said, it's a lot of the former players like uh, Jennifer Botterill, um, Tessa Bonham, Cheryl Pounder, like they're all saying this is this Canadian women's team that just won gold um, in Beijing is the best ever that they've mm -hmm. seen too. And they've, they've been on gold medal teams themselves. So I wonder, you know, the, um, yeah, like have they, they haven't had, have they had any of the players at any of the games yet? I wonder if they will no, this not, week, given that this will yeah, be on, on would, Wednesday, it'll be, yeah. uh, the first day, first game with a completely full stadium. I wonder if they'll have some of the players there. Yeah. Uh, that would be yeah, pretty probably. awesome. Yeah, I know Natalie Spooner is a Leaf fan. Yeah. She made a comment last <laughs> night on Twitter yeah. saying that uh, um, with Michael Bunting and because she's from Scarborough too. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, uh, so she gave the Scarborough shout out to Michael Bunting. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So that was that was great. They did fantastic and they were really fun to watch. And I I did not mind watching all those those goals. <laughs> You know, you know, some people are saying that <laughs> yeah. it, that's, it's, it wasn't boring for me. So I thoroughly enjoyed that. And uh, it's just great overall, too, to see. I mean, I know people think that it's not enough competition, but I honestly feel like there's there is growth happening in the game. You know, like even even the game, it just takes time, it does take and time. and yeah. there just needs to be more resources from other countries and from the International Hockey Federation, they need to put more into it because it's, they are amazing players. Like it doesn't, yeah. it's not just that they're amazing women, female players, they are amazing players, period. And yeah. that is yeah. really the main thing. So it doesn't matter. It was, it was incredible hockey to watch without a doubt. Yeah. All right, so now we want to talk a little bit about uh, Black History Month, which was celebrated during the month of February and is now winding down. Um, the NHL uh, over the month highlighted the achievements of Black hockey players and something for hockey fans to check out is a mobile museum that is showcasing today's stars and also a look back at the pioneers and trailblazers. So this is uh, going to be touring uh, every NHL city. 
And it's supposed to be in Toronto on March 31st and April 1st. So you can check the NHL website uh, for more details on that. And over the past year, uh, you know, MLSE has put quite a lot of time and attention into this. Uh, I think it's an important initiative for Kyle Dubas in particular. And last year, the Leafs hired former def- defenseman, uh, Leaf defenseman, sorry, Mark Fraser as the player development lead for equity, diversity and inclusion. And I think we are now starting to sort of see the fruits of the work that he has done. And um, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I saw, um, like, I guess part of Mark Frazier's job was to get the players to, to talk about racism and, um, and get them to ask questions and, um, and just to get the conversation going mm-hmm. instead of just hiding, basically, and, um, and feeling uncomfortable. Right. And, um, so, where it came out, I guess, for him too, where the, he he started to notice that his work is 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 working, <laughs> is when John Tavares came out and and spoke about those couple of uh, instances in the AHL and the and the East Coast Hockey League where there mm-hmm. was some racism in the game, and um, and he came out, but he spoke on his own, like he wasn't told by MLSE by the by the. Um, by the organization to like, oh, you have to say something about this being the captain of the Leafs and how horrible it is. He came out and he had his own statement on Zoom mm-hmm. in advance. And, um, and he, and yeah, just saying that it's wrong, but it, it's, it's, and for Mark Frazier, like that makes, makes him proud, obviously, and especially being a white hockey player, mm-hmm. right? It's different, right? Rather than going to, like he said, going to Wayne Simmons. You know, to always right? ask, and, and ask for him, him to say always, it. yeah. Yeah, right. It makes a huge difference. And the fact that nobody actually asked John Tavares to do to do that, mm-hmm. like it's obviously Mark Frazier's work is uh, is helping. So, um, and there's still a lot more to do. He actually, Mark Frazier was also in charge of the, um, the, black excellence um celebration that they did at the Leafs mm-hmm. game on in versus Minnesota so that was really cool with Val James being there the first uh black hockey player to play for the Leafs who dropped the puck for the opening face off and um I watched the video I don't know still if you had time to with the three to course conversation yeah, yeah I did watch it yeah it was good <laughs> was it was cool. good because yeah. it, it it gave them out on an opportunity first of all to try these all these different uh you know, Caribbean food, so uh, Jamaican food, which, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely we're going to have to try that that Albert's place out, right? Yes. Um, yeah. But uh, but just uh, having, you know, conversations about their cultures, too, which I thought was 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 cool, you know? Yeah, to find out more about the players mm-hmm. like that. We Austin Matthews, Jack Campbell, and uh, Jason Spencer mm-hmm. were theirs, and, um, and they all gave some insight on... Uh, on their backgrounds and the connection that they, that they have. But um, well, it's always good to bring people yeah. together through food, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the other thing, I guess that in reading, doing some research that I found interesting that I learned is that the second black player in NHL history to play the game, Mike, Marson um, is from Scarborough, and he mm-hmm. actually went to my high school, Wexford Collegiate. Uh-huh. I was like shocked at that. I didn't know that his story is a bit sad because, um, I mean, like we, like I said, he was the second player in NHL history. So after after six seasons, because of the racism that he had to deal with, he ended up leaving the game. Yeah, 
So like thing things would happen like at the hotel in Atlanta, he mentioned once that like they they'd go to get the keys for the hotel and they would say like, oh, no, well, you can't stay with the team. Mm -hmm. Like you got to go to a different area mm -hmm. in, in the hotel. Yeah. And yeah, like stuff like that, like and like dinners, like you're not allowed to sit with them or like, oh, are you with the team? Mm -hmm. Like they <laughs> like to say that, oh, you're an actual player. Like, yeah, I know. It's no, you, and yeah, it, it's sad sort of thing. So, because apparently he was a really good player, but after six seasons, yeah. he, he retired. And I think, and, um, you know, the guys that are in the league now, um, especially the, all the all the guys that come from Scarborough, I mean, I actually loved reading yeah. about that, um, you know, how tight they were and what a cohesive community they have within hockey there that, you know, they all kind of support each other and you know, help each other train and make sure that, mm -hmm. you know, their, you know, their, their friend down the street has what he needs and get each other to games and just all the support yeah. that they give each other and how all the guys that have come, you know, before have paid it forward for, for the younger guys that are up and coming. And I guess that's really a tribute to that gentleman that you just discussed because he, yeah was a pioneer and he paved the way by, you know, dealing with what he I needed to, to deal with yeah. for as long as he could yeah. to make it possible for these guys to be able to be doing what they're doing. And now, you know, Wayne Simmons, like we mentioned, is is embarking on almost a thousand games in the NHL, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the other players, I guess, like you're saying, well, it's players from Scarborough, like Kevin Wake. Kevin Weeks, Anson um, Carter, who's an analyst now, mm -hmm. Anson Carter, Joel Ward, mm -hmm. um, the Stewart brothers, Anthony Stewart yep. and Chris Stewart. Yep. Um, so they're Smith they're all players. That, yeah, yeah, they are all players that um, have have come through Scarborough, and like you said, they all helped each other out and and pushed each other to to be able to play in the NHL and, and today. And, and they're they all involved in at the grassroots level to make it possible yes. for kids to have a leg up, you know, and that I think is the main message of all of this is that that's where it needs to start. And it needs to start yeah, with, it, sure. with, with the kids and it needs to start with education for the parents, because the truth of the matter is, is that kids are kids and they're, they only pick up any, you know, the kids that they're playing with, they, they don't care. You know, it's anything that they yeah. pick up is going to be from adults and what adults say and, and show them and teach them. So if they could be learning, you know, and be educated about this from the beginning, because the truth is, is that regardless of what each of us, you know, does within our own circle, the systemic racism is there and that's what needs to change. Mm -hmm. So from the very, very first yeah and with in encounters and i guess their message too working with the within the communities like you said at the grassroots level like um the message is for kids of any background that they can be whatever they want to be mm -hmm. basically they can do that so so yeah so that's uh that's uh it was very it was uh it was powerful to read some of the some of the stories for for black history month so um, and actually, yeah, that wrapped up. That's one thing that I'm I'm glad that we're we're going to be airing this in March. So you know, 
we we shouldn't yeah. just have one month for this, right? It That's should true. be ongoing. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to continue the conversation into into March and hopefully it's it's never just relegated to one month. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, so upcoming schedule uh, yeah, we are going to have a very next. busy time coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're playing Buffalo a couple times, and one of them is going to be the Outdoor Heritage Classic game in Hamilton, and that will be on March 13th. What, what did you think of those jerseys before we go further into the rest of the I end? didn't really <laughs> like them. Uh, I like the I. color because yeah. it's like a nice dark blue, yes. not our yeah. usual leaf blue, Um but yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of found them really boring. Like they, they need an extra stripe yeah. somewhere, you know, yeah. uh, either like yeah. if you didn't want to yeah, go I with, with the, like, I know they're going with the blue on blue kind of thing with just the white um, tee. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it, it needed something, a little something, something. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know what the pants are like. So maybe the pants will be all jazzy. <laughs> maybe i don't know gotta get jazz him up yeah. for matthews yeah he's a- <laughs> <laughs> i know because he's always mentioning he's the, always the yes. uh the dress code so yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway we also have a back-to-back uh, with columbus on the 7th and then seattle will make its first visit to scotiabank arena yeah so um yeah on the 8th i guess i for i apologize for that i didn't write it down <laughs> The uh, on the seventh of March it's Columbus and then Seattle on the eighth. So yeah, and uh, yeah, that'll be exciting to see Seattle. The uh, yeah. I don't know. I like their jersey. I like their I jerseys. Like their There's jerseys. a jersey that <laughs> yeah. So uh, so that'll be fun. And then after that, the Canucks come to town uh, on Saturday night. This Saturday, and Nick Ritchie's return uh, to Toronto with Arizona on March the tenth. He gets so we'll the video tribute. He'll. I don't know. Yeah. He'll probably score a goal though. Yeah, probably. <laughs> they always do. And uh and then we also have a game versus the Stars on March 15th. That seems like uh, a the really time. long time since we played them. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's uh on on March 15th since we've seen the Dallas Stars. It's been a while, mm-hmm. but uh yeah, they're they're doing not so bad now. Yeah, and Tyler another Sagan old, is older guy on kind of getting a little bit hot again. Oh, is mm-hmm. he? Because another guy on that on their team that's an older guy is Joe Pavelski. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's been playing lights out apparently too. The only guy on that team that um, apparently has kind of disappeared, which I haven't heard his name, is the the Russian guy. What's his name? Radulov. Oh, right. Well, he's he not that. He's not really... that young either, Radulov. No, but what about Jamie Ben? I haven't doing... heard much about Jamie Ben either. Yeah, yeah, but anyhow. So again, it's going to be a busy couple of weeks here. So. Um, we're and then that game versus the Canucks is going to be a big one. If if I'm pretty sure, knock on wood, like Wayne Simmons will be playing his thousandth mm-hmm. game, uh, like playing in all the games this week, and that'll be his thousandth game. So I wonder if they'll cool give him a, at home a silver stick at the game. Yeah, they that would be nice. They should have something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I know that's that's cool. fabulous. What a career. Yeah. All right, so it's obviously going to be interesting leading up to the trade deadline. So are the Leafs thinking about trading one of their prospects? Maybe Nick Robertson with the addition of Labushkin. Maybe Justin Hall or Travis Dermott will be on their way out. We'll talk about that and whatever else comes up in our next episode. 
Yeah, and that's going to be a big show for us uh, because it's going to be our fiftieth episode. Woohoo! And uh, and we'll we would love love it if you could help us out and give us a review to let us know what you think of our show. Uh, it's easy on Apple, Spotify. Um, they both have uh, sections there where you can leave us a review, and it's important for our show to get exp- more exposure as a source for leaf content. So we thank you for taking the time um, to leave a review. And another way to help us out is, of course, by visiting us our visiting our Kofi page at Kofi.com. That's K-O-F-I.com. You can follow us there, and if you choose to, you can support us by buying us a coffee. Any donation you make goes towards helping us produce the show and making it even better for you. So you can find the link to our Kofi page on all our show notes and any of our social media profile pages. Yeah, and um, we also have our new website that we that we released uh, in in January. So it's ladies talking leafs um, dot com, and uh, we have our show there as well that you can check it out. And yeah, it's great for Leaf fans and the team uh, that Scotiabank Arena is going to be at full capacity starting on Wednesday night versus the Sabers. So that'll be that'll be fun to be to be there. And um, we thank our healthcare workers and our first responders for everything that they continue to do. And of course, enjoy the games that are coming up, Fast and Furious. And we will be talking to you again in a couple of weeks. Go Leafs, go! Go Leafs, go! 